Welcome to the Kingdom Life San Antonio podcast. For more information about Kingdom Life San Antonio, check out KingdomLifeSA.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. So let's welcome Jody one more time. Woo! Come on! Isn't God good? But like really, I know you hear that in church all the time, but isn't he good? Isn't he good how he's got us through this past season? Like start to think about some of the impossible things he's already got you through, right? Isn't he good? What about the times some of your friends have been going through hard things and you've prayed and you've seen God get them through, right? Isn't he good? What about when you didn't have money a little while back or even right now and in the times past where you've seen God somehow get you out of a situation that seemed like, I don't know how on earth we are going to make this work. I don't know how we're going to get on the other side of this. And somehow God gets you through, right? Isn't he good? What about when you've been praying for things that actually need a miracle to show up in your midst? And think back now because I have lots of stories like that in my own life but what about your life where's the moments where you know that you know that you know that God showed up and if he hadn't have showed up you would have been can I say stuffed it's very Australian to say that but but do you know what I'm talking about sometimes I think we need to remind ourselves that he's good Because I think in church, sometimes the things that we say all the time, we just say them like, oh, God is good. Yeah, amen. God is good without recognizing that actually God is good. And I'm going to say it again. We'd all be stuffed without the truth that God is good, right? And so when we say God is good, sometimes we need to reconnect it to the insides of our hearts and go, oh, my goodness, God is good. And remind ourselves that probably none of us would be here right now without the goodness of God. And then with that same sense of renewed acknowledgement of the goodness of God, we can extend it out over our circumstances that don't look good right now. Does that make sense? And so the stuff that right now, I don't want to talk in theory, I want to talk in actual real stuff. The things that are going on in your life right now that do not look good. The things that without a miracle, we're stuffed. The things that if God doesn't show up in this circumstance, I don't know what we're going to do. Can we just, for one little moment, this has nothing to do with why I got up here to say, suddenly this just came out of me. Can we just take that same acknowledgement that we had a minute ago? that God really is good. And can we speak that over the things that right now need him to show up and show up in his goodness? And so even just with your own words, just take 30 seconds right now and just speak the goodness of God over those circumstances that I know are in your life that need the goodness of God to break in and break out. Amen. God, we just say, just start to say it. Just say, God, I speak the goodness of God over the areas in my life that without you, we're in trouble. 
But because you're good, we know that your goodness is going to work in those circumstances. We may not know how, but we know who our trust is in. And so even right now, we just let out a, a just a, a you are worthy and a we trust in you prayer, even where we don't see. But we thank you, God, that you are good. And it's not just a thing to say. It's a truth. It's an eternal truth, God, that you are good. And so even right now, I want to declare and decree over circumstances in your life right now that the goodness of God has not run out, that there is no season or no circumstance that suddenly God goes, well, I've let out all my goodness last season and I've run out of hope for this one. And so over your circumstances right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, Jesus, our God, our resurrected King, the God of miracles, the God of breakthrough, and the God of sudden turnarounds. I speak over circumstances that are out of alignment with the promises of God, and I call in His goodness right now. I call in healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Healing in circumstances that without a miracle, there is no hope in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we don't serve a dead God, we serve a living God. And so I call in that breaker anointing right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we say circumstances bow. Shoo. Ah, God, would you remind us that you are not mighty where things line up and we can make it work by ourselves? You're mighty in the impossible circumstances. Would you remind us that you are the God of all things are possible? Huh? Come on, God, would you just pour out fresh expectation in our hearts tonight, Lord? Would you remind us that we don't just come to church because that's the thing we do. We come to church because you are good and you are mighty and you are worthy of our praise, even in the worst of circumstances, in the worst of seasons, Father, that you are good and you are mighty. And our praise shifts the atmosphere. And as we worship you, miracles start to bubble up and break out. Amen. And so even in this atmosphere right now, I call in miracles bubbling up and breaking out in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. We just say right now that you are our resurrected King. Some of us need to shout out right now, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. And if that's you, you need to say it right now. I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. Do you know faith is a muscle? Really, this is a great way to think about faith. Faith is a muscle, just like you go to the gym to make your muscles strong. As you exercise your muscles, they get strong, right? As we exercise our faith, it gets strong. It extends and it grows and it expands. And so, Jesus, we believe, but help our unbelief. It's a great prayer to pray. And it's a great prayer to pray in the impossible circumstances. Amen? Jesus. I heard a couple of things I just wanted to share with all of you. First of all, God reminded me of a verse that's 
uh, are very diverse to me. And I wanted to speak it out over some of you, if not all of you. And it's Hebrews 6.10. And it says this. My God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Now, can I tell you when God first gave me that verse so it will make sense to some of you? It's a great verse, right? But when God first gave me that verse, it was actually like it was a really long time ago. And we were living in Australia in Wollongong. I think you guys have been to Wollongong, right? Yeah, we were in Wollongong at the time. And uh, we were walking through a situation in our life. Um, It involved church and there'd been some injustices and some stuff that we were accused of that wasn't correct. It wasn't real. And there was a whole bunch of swirly stuff going on. And we were in like a situation where it was going from bad to worse to worse to worser. Anyone relate to any of those situations where you're kind of like, what the heck is going on, God? And you feel stuck and you feel disempowered and you feel unable to do anything about it. And I'm just going to tell you what happened. So many of my stories seem to involve this kind of talk. But I was in the bathroom and I heard God say, uh, I'm just reminding myself that literally so many times I have said I talk about bathroom talk. Um, But anyway, regardless, I was in the bathroom and I literally heard God say, like in that loud inner audible, audible voice, you know what I mean? But you hear it clear. It's like there's no wondering, did I hear that? I heard God say Hebrews 6.10. And at the time, I had no idea what Hebrews 6.10 said. So I went and looked it up. And as you know, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped these people and continue to help him. I got that verse over 20 years ago. And there are people in this room that need to hear that verse right now. Because not only have I watched God work out that situation, I've watched him work out so many situations since. And I want to speak this to some of you. Sometimes circumstances are not just. But God is not unjust. And God knows how to weave his goodness into circumstances that seem completely impossible and completely without hope. And some of you need to hear this tonight, that circumstances may be unjust. I don't want to paint it into something that it is not. But God is not unjust. And he will not forget the work that you have shown him as you love him and love his people and continue to love them. Does that make sense to anyone? God is not unjust. And when we trust him, And we keep going regardless of circumstances and put our trust in him. He always redeems and repays. I don't even know why I'm sharing this, but I know there are people in here right now that need to hear that even when circumstances are not just, God is just. Amen? If that really resonates with you, do you want to just stand and I want to pray the justice of God over you. Amen. If you're around those people, just extend a hand towards them. Jesus. Jesus. 
God, I thank you that you are a God of justice and that you do not rely on even natural ways of doing things. You're a supernatural God, Father. So right now, we call in the supernatural justice of heaven over these one's lives right now. We call in breakthrough. I call in freedom. I call in redemption. I call in payback for what the enemy has stolen, Father. And not only just payback, we call in accelerated increase over their lives, God. We break off the assignment of the enemy that has come in to steal, kill, and destroy. And we release John 10.10 life. Life and life abundant, Father. And we thank you that you are moving in their circumstances, even right now as we pray. Come on. Everyone release on purpose faith on behalf of these people right now. We release right now a shift and a breakthrough and a turnaround. We call in divine solutions and we call in divine justice in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, Jesus. Amen. Yeah, God is good. Jesus. I have one more thing I want to say that as I was sitting there in worship, I just heard the Lord remind me, and it's something that God's been saying. We've been in Texas just over a week again now. We used to live in Texas, but now we've moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and it's it's as hot as you probably think it is. And uh, we've been here a week this time, and God just keeps dropping the same word in me. So I'm going to share it in two minutes for you. It's a word for you. Is that okay? And so I keep hearing God say to rename the season. But as I was sitting there tonight, I heard him say something else that will make sense in a minute, that sometimes the headlines lie. And so we need to rename the season because sometimes the headlines lie. So I'm going to quickly refer to Matthew 13, which is the parable of the seeds being sown. You all know that story. If you don't, go and read it later. But I'm going to explain it to you in like 10 seconds right now. So if you don't, you know what I'm talking about. It's basically Jesus talking about the farmer, the sower, who went out and sowed seeds. And seeds went in many different places, some in rocky, some in sandy, some hard ground, some shallow ground, and some good rich soil. And basically, Jesus was talking about how the only place where the, uh, the great harvest came was when the seeds landed on the good, rich soil. That's the parable. That's the story. And basically, Jesus was saying, be the good, rich soil. But in that parable, the seeds that are thrown out everywhere, it depended on the ground where the harvest came from. Most of the seeds that were sown in that parable, in fact, three quarters of the seeds that are sown in that parable didn't grow. They didn't produce a harvest. They ended up withering and dying or not sprouting up at all. And this is what I was hearing the Lord say while I was sitting there tonight. I heard him say to me, Jody, if the media had come in to do a story on that parable, They would have made the headline, 75% of our crops have failed and we're in trouble. There's not enough food and we're all going to be in great uh, trouble. We may not be able to eat this next coming season because 75% of everything we're doing has come to nothing. That's what the headline would have been. 
But as you read that parable, what God actually says, and I want to read you the last verse of it, it's Matthew 13, 23, and it says this, but the seed falling on the good soil refers to uh, the people who hear the word and understand it. And this is the one who produces the crop yielding a, a hundredfold, 60 or 30 times what was sown. So if we flick the headlines to what God was actually saying instead of what the media would have reported in that uh, circumstance, then the headline of heaven would have been, the remnant are about to come into a hundredfold return. It's going to be the greatest crop. It's going to be a bumper season of harvest. And Jesus is returning a hundredfold on the effort of his people. You hear what I'm saying? And so as I've been in Texas, I heard the Lord say to me, it's time to rename the season because I heard him say, many are calling this season futile, but God is calling it fertile. And it's time to stop speaking over our family, over our lives, over our promises and over our nation, it's futile. Because that's the headline that the enemy is putting out right now. 75% of the seeds have failed. But the headline of what God is putting out right now is it's not futile, it's fertile. Those who are his remnant and have fully embraced the message that he has been pouring out are coming into the greatest season of revival and harvest that we have ever seen. 30-fold, 60-fold and 100-fold return. Is this making sense? Breakthrough on the faithfulness of those who have pressed in in this season. And so all I'm going to pray for us right now is, because I could feel it while I was just here in worship, is that half, if not all our breakthrough at the moment, is about literally speaking out what God is actually releasing over heaven and stop listening to what the enemy is releasing over this season. It's not that it's not real. Three, three out of four seeds in that parable didn't produce anything. But the real story was that the seeds in good soil came into a hundredfold accelerated increase. The only thing we need to know right now is what the headline, what's the headline that relates to what God's saying to me? Is this making sense? Because if we listen to the wrong headline, we're going to end up going in the wrong direction in this season. The truth of that story is, is that what the world calls the worst season we've ever been in, God was calling the hundredfold season of increase and harvest. And so why don't you stand to your feet for one moment? I want to just release that over us. I want you to take a moment right now and I just want you to speak over your circumstances that they are fertile and not futile. And I want you to speak it out. You don't have to do it out loud or you can, but I want you to speak it out over the worst of the circumstances. The worst. You're not futile. You're fertile. You're awaiting the hundredfold breakthrough. You're awaiting the increase and the harvest that I haven't seen yet, but I'm about to. You're awaiting the breakthrough of the Lord. You're awaiting the harvest of heaven. You're awaiting my hand, the hand of my God, who is about to pour in the acceleration, 
pour in the breakthrough, Father. And so in the mighty name of Jesus, as we stand together as a body, as a family, as a faithful remnant who love you, Jesus, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, we refuse to believe the headlines of the enemy. And we speak out over our harvest right now that you are coming into a 30, 60, 100-fold increase in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. We say right now that the headline of heaven is that this is an accelerated harvest season, an accelerated promise season. And so impossible circumstances, hear the word of the Lord. This is not a futile season. This is a fertile season. This is a season where promises of the Lord grow easily, Father. And so we thank you that you water the seed. You water the seed. All we do is be faithful. You water the seed. And so in this atmosphere of fertileness, God, I call in the increase, I call in the breakthrough, and I call in the promises of God in an accelerated, swift manner. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Amen. Wow. The cobweb's nicely blowing out, right? Hey, g'day. So good to be with you guys. You know, we've been coming to this church, which we love so much. As Chuck was saying, since 2013 was our first time. And uh, it's, we, we love it. We love all y'all. All y'all. Now, I want you also to know, even though we've moved to Arizona, our um, driver's licenses are still Texan. Our license plates are still Texan, right? So we are, we're pretty much Texan, right? Everywhere we go, and, and as you know, or some of you may know, it's like Texas is like the Australia of America anyway, right? We're very similar. We're very similar, Australians and Texans, and uh, yeah, wow. Thank you, Lord. Well, you know, um, in my memories today, it popped up. We were actually right here in San Antonio 10 years ago today, and uh, it was our anniversary. So that means it's our anniversary today in Australia. It's our anniversary. We were married on October the 18th, right? But that's today in Australia. You following me? And so we've, had so we've actually had several of our anniversaries. And look, I, look what I prepared. Oh. <laughs> So we've been married 24 years today. That's my um, Hugh Grant flop here, there, back, back in the good old days. 24 years, wow. Well, you know, I wanted to share two. I'm not going to take a long time, and uh, I know you normally get done around six. And I want to say this. We want to pray for every person tonight who wants prayer. We want to lay hands on you, release breakthrough over you, release his presence. So we might go beyond six ministering, but... Of course, anyone's free to go at any time. You can leave right now if you want to, right? <laughs> what are you doing? No. <laughs> Look, the Lord just really put on my heart just to share two quick stories with you tonight. And, uh, and it really relates to what Jody was saying. Before I do that, I want to read a verse to you. 
from the Bible, (laughs) from Romans 15. Uh, Let's have a look here. I think I prepared it with this ribbon. I did. Romans 15, 13. Here we go. You ready? Says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What a verse. One verse, Romans 15, 13. It says, now may the God of hope, the God of what? So he's not just a God who brings hope, he's the God of hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Not just a little bit of hope, that you may actually abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I love that it tacks that on the end as well, by the power of the Holy Spirit, because it says our hope is not based in our own strength. Our hope is not based in our circumstances. Our hope is not based on external situations and that that we're facing. It's that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, I want to tell you something. God is real. Jesus is alive. Many of you know my testimony. I've shared it here before. But you know, when I was 15 years old, before that before I got saved, when I had a powerful encounter with the Lord, I didn't know that Jesus was alive. I'd heard of Jesus. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up a Christian. And, I, I, you know, I knew that there was a, there was a Jesus, you know, but I, I didn't know that he was alive, that he was alive and that he was powerful. See, both of those things were important to me because not only was Jesus alive, but he was actually present and he had real power to deliver me, to heal me, to heal my heart, to set me free, to cleanse me, to make me brand new. In fact, that power was so real that I went one day from being this hopeless, rejected, bullied kid to waking up the next day full of life and freedom and the power of the Holy Spirit. Overnight transformation, born again. My sins wiped out. You know, so often we overlook in Christianity, in the church, we get blasé, we, we kind of, we, we, we know it's there. But, you know, what a gift it is, the fact that we can come to God in repentance and say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin, and He wipes our sin clean. Do you ever think about before the cross, there was no forgiveness of sins. There was no opportunity for repentance and to have your sins completely blotted, wiped out. If you stuffed up like we all do all the time, right? There was no place to go to say, God, please forgive me and have those sins completely wiped out. But now because of the cross and the fact that Jesus is alive, 1 John 1, 9 says that God, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Who's glad for that fact? Come on. Now may you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
one of our favorite verses, and it's, it's a life verse because it comes from Zechariah chapter 4, and that's the chapter that's over our ministry. Our ministry is called Pour It Out Ministries because of Zechariah chapter 4. And Jody and I had a visitation. We're woken up in the middle of the night with an angel standing on our bed. Who knows that'll change your life. This was not a fluffy angel. This was not like a, I, I think one of the demisters let off a whiff and I think there was a puff of smoke in my bedroom and was that an angel? I don't know. This was not one of those kind of things. This wasn't like, if I squint carefully, I think I saw an angel. This was, there was a freaking angel standing on our bed. And it was from, the Lord spoke really clearly and it was from Zechariah chapter four. But in, in Zechariah 4, 6, it says this. That's a story for another day, but. Zechariah 4, 6, one of the most famous verses, it says, It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. You know when that verse is really awesome? When you've got no might and you've got no power. Who's ever been there? Who's ever woken up in the morning and you're like, God, I've got nothing. I've got no way to get out of this situation. I've got no strength. I've got no energy. But God, the Bible says it's not by might. It's not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. And when it's by my spirit, it means that nothing is impossible and everything is possible. Now may you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you two really quick stories, and uh, I didn't even. Uh, I want to share the. I want to share the hospital story, even though Jody usually always shares this. I've never actually shared it. Excuse me, one moment. Okay, all right. Sorry, this was just coming to me during the worship. So. Jody, many of you know, has had a 30-year health journey. She's battled for her life. And I don't mean just like she's been a little bit sick. We, we have, so we've been married for 24 years. We've been together, I think it's 26 or 7. And uh, my, my entire life with her, she has battled severe illness, right? And that means that we've been in hospital many times on the brink of death. Twice I was in America myself and I had to take an emergency flight home. Who knows it's a long way from Australia, uh, from America back to Australia for an emergency. I was actually with Dan McCullum once. I was actually, at, many of you know who Dano is. I was actually staying at his house and I had another couple of weeks to go um, before I had to go home to Australia and I got a call in the middle of the night and Jody's being rushed into emergency surgery in Australia. Another time, I was, actually, I was actually ministering in Lufkin, right? Just a few hours up the road. And I was right about to lead worship. And, and a, the phone call came, and the last hope medication that Jody was receiving, she had an allergic reaction to it, and they were rushing her into surgery. And I'm on the other side of the world. Of course, it was unexpected. I, I wasn't just out on the other side of the world. This was an unexpected reaction, right? But, you know, who knows we all have these kind of moments in our lives where we have to make a decision what it is that we really believe in those moments. Well, in this situation, I want to tell you, we were, 
we were going through one of these, one of these periods where Jody was extremely sick and, uh, and literally it, w- it was possible that she could die any day, every day, at any moment, within moment's notice. And we were, we were pretty much stuck in our house. She was very ill. We were, everything was just one of those moments where the walls were crumbling down. Everything was horrible, right? We had no finances. Finances, even though God was doing different miracles through the process, there was times where money literally appeared in our bank account and all of these different kinds of things were happening. But, but we were in a really desperate situation. I couldn't even go to the um, supermarket because I couldn't be out of the house that long. And I found myself in this position where I had to go down to a local food bank, right? I don't know, what, is that what you'd call it here? Like a food bank to get a... We call it a food parcel, right? And so I thought, that's it. I'm going to have to go and as quick as I can just to go down to this place and get a, get a food parcel just around the corner. Now, guys, this was after this angel had already stood on the end of our bed and we'd been traveling the world as revivalists, preaching in conferences and revival meetings and all these big, seeing God do all of this stuff. And now we find ourselves in this situation where we're literally facing death on a daily basis. We've got no money. And now I'm lining up at a food bank for a parcel. And I'm walking around with what I call my box of sadness, right? My wilted spinach and my off yogurt and my right? All these things. And of course, I was very grateful for it, but this was the reality, right? And I get back to my car and I get to the car and I just burst into tears. Got inside the car and I just burst into tears. And I was just like, God, and I'm just going to be real. This is what I said. I said, God, a freaking angel came and stood on our bed. I should be feeding the world, not lining up for a food parcel. What the heck is going on, God? Anyone ever been there? Some of you might be there right now. And in that moment, I had an encounter with the Lord. It wasn't a big open vision or anything else like this. It was like the still small voice of the Lord began to speak to me. And he reminded me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In Daniel 3, right? The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and of these three young Hebrew boys. And they are literally facing death for obeying God. See, they weren't, this wasn't their own doing. This wasn't, they'd messed up, made bad decisions, were in a place of disobedience or anything else. They were actually being obedient to God. They were refusing to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar and for it, they were facing death. And the king says to them, he says to them, what are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna bow? If you don't bow, you're going in the fire. And they look up, it says. You should go and read the whole chapter of Daniel 3. They look up and they say, it doesn't say which one, but it says, they said, O king, our God is able to deliver us from this fire and he will. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow. O king, Our God is able. He's able to deliver us from this fire and He will. He will. I know who He is. He will deliver us. But you need to know, even if He doesn't, we will not bow down. 
And that would have been a great moment right there for Jesus to come riding in on the white horse, you know. This is my um, attempt at making horse sounds with coconut shells. <laughs> for anyone who's seen Monty Python. <laughs> that would have been a great moment for Jesus to come riding in on the white horse. I'll save you, right? But he doesn't. And they get thrown in the fire. Still, with this resolve in their hearts, our God is able to deliver us from this fire. But even if he doesn't, we refuse to bow. We will die before we bow down to the enemy. And we know what happens. It actually says that they, they grab some of their, their strong men, Nebuchadnezzar's strong men, and they bound them and they tied them up. And they threw them into the fire. And the fire is so hot, the king snaps, he turns. It says his mood changes, right? And, and he's like, turn that fire up seven times. And the guys who throw them in instantly get incinerated by the heat. It's hot. The fire's hot. And all over the world right now, there's circumstances that many of us are facing where the fire is hot. But where's our resolve? And so they get thrown in the fire. And then all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar's looking in and he's like, wait a minute, how many, how many of them were there? Right? I don't know if he's on drugs or what. He knows there's three of them, right? He's like, there's a fourth man in the fire. There is one like the son of man in the fire, right? And we know what happens. They pull them out of the fire again. And when they come out of the fire, the Bible says this, that you could not even smell the, you, you couldn't even smell the smoke on their clothes. God so delivered them from the fire, right? You could not even tell that they'd even been in the fire. He so delivered them. When Jesus steps in and he delivers us, the past is not even, it's not even visible, I want to tell you, if you knew the 14-year-old me, you would know that that Ben died. He doesn't even exist anymore. I woke up the next day a brand new, different person. And so the Holy Spirit was talking to me. He's like, Ben, will you make that same resolve? Will you come to that same place where you're able to say, you know what, come what may. I know my God is able to deliver me from this fire, and he will, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, even if everything goes in the fire, I refuse to bow down. I refuse to bow to the enemy. And you know, it's so important that we come to that place, each one of us, now, we, we say yes to Jesus, right? We give him our lives. And our daughter Keely often says this. She says, you know, we make one, we give Jesus one big yes, but then it needs to be followed up with a million little yeses. A daily yes, sometimes multiple times a day, right? But there's this place of resolve. And many of us as the church facing that right now, it's like we need to come to this place of total resolve. Come what may. Come what may. I will not bow. That was a real fork in the road moment for me. 
I want to flip now to another story because here we are in this situation where we're, we're having to get a food parcel because Jody is facing death and we have no money coming in and everything looks very bleak. Well, a few years back now, we were in another one of these circumstances where it was really, really bad and we were, Jody was being rushed into hospital and the doctors just came in and they said to her, it wasn't the first time they'd said it, but they said to her this, they said, Jody, the only hope we have for you is to remove your entire bowel, half your stomach and feed you through a tube for the rest of your life and we have to do that right now. Who knows in those kind of moments, suddenly what you really believe gets tested. The resolve, where is that resolve? Where is that decision that you've made? Our God is able to deliver us from this fire and he will, but even if he doesn't, I will not bow. Now, I actually, I have our books up here because I was going to talk about them earlier, but Jody talks all about this in, in her book, The King's Decree. And I was saying just this weekend to the conference we were ministering at, you know, as her husband, I've gotten to see the life that's been lived that produced this book. This is not just a textbook. This is a, this is a record of a life lived that qualified her to talk about it. And I remember in this hospital room facing this kind of situation, knowing the promises that had been spoken over our lives, her life, our lives together, right? And, and seeing her march around a, a hospital bathroom, tiny little bathroom, right? With tubes coming out of everywhere, carrying this, this drip stand thing, right? Very weak about 85 pounds, right, facing death or severe um, disruption of her life, but marching around this bathroom, hobbling around this bathroom, decreeing the promise of God, decreeing the word of God. Zechariah 4, O mighty mountain, who are you? You shall be but level ground. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and it will be moved into the sea. And walking around this hospital room, just decreeing, 2 a.m. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't there this night. I, had to, I was staying in a hotel just around the corner. They weren't letting me stay. But about in the middle of that night, suddenly, and some of you have heard this story before, suddenly an angel dropped in the middle of the hospital room. And this angel had what appeared to be a clipboard. And Jody knew in this encounter, right, that this angel was, was ticking off the promises of God over her life. Literally, as Jody's decreeing these promises, the angel is ticking off the promises of God, knowing that there was a long list and there were many promises left on this list, right? And something happened. God showed up. The next morning, she woke up and a, and a nurse came and woke her up. And she was kind of shocked at the nurse and surprised. And she said, oh, Jody, 
you're doing really well. And Jody felt better, immediately felt better. And one of the, one of the signs of that was that she was hungry, right? For the first time in weeks, she was actually hungry. And so they gave her something to eat. Now, don't forget, the day before, they were saying, we need to take out your entire bowel, half your stomach, and feed you through a tube for the rest of your life. The next morning, she wakes up, she's hungry. Well, to cut the long story short, and Jody tells this way better than me, and I've never told it before. By lunchtime that day, a doctor comes into the room, checks her out, and decides that she's so well, they're going to discharge her. Here's the really cool part, and I've never gotten to share this part before, but we'd never seen this doctor before, right? This was a new doctor. He just came in to do the rounds, and when he, we didn't get his name or anything else, but when he bends down and he signs the discharge form, suddenly we notice his name. Does anybody know what his name was? Dr. Lazarus. Isn't that amazing? God is the God of resurrection, life, and power, amen? And so that day, here's why I'm telling you this story. That day, I got to go and get the car, pack up Jody's stuff, and the wife that I had the day before, who was facing death or severely limited life for the rest of her life, was suddenly completely well, and I got to drive her home. Come on, come on, Jesus. So, you know, we have this moment where Jody is very sick, and now I'm getting this food parcel, and God calls me into this place to make this decision, this place of resolve. That same resolve that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to make. Our God is able to deliver us from this fire, and He will. But even if he doesn't, I will not bow. I will not bow down. But God is also the God who raises Lazarus from the dead. He is the God of the impossible. He is the God who breaks in. He is the God of the miraculous. And I want to tell you, in America today, God is moving in unprecedented ways right across this nation. We get to travel nonstop. We've been so blessed even all the way through COVID. We've been able to travel right across the nation nonstop. And we've seen God in every corner of America moving in power. From New England to the Pacific Northwest to California, Southern California, all the way across in Florida and everywhere up and down in the middle. We've seen God show up and move in power in this season. Many, many people coming to Jesus. Many miracles breaking out. Many people being delivered from demons. You know, we were in Kentucky just a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago in August, and in the open field in Kentucky, there's literally a big paddock, as we'd call it in Australia, just a big field, right, with a, a rented stage in the middle of the grass, 3,000 people, and then it just became this total mud pit, right? It was raining and it was just mud. And who knows when it's mud, you're either in or you're out, right? You're not like, I'm just going to let you know. And it's like, 
You just quit and that's it. You're like mud up to your knees and everything is dirty and you're wet and it's hot and it's raining. And it was just, it was glorious, right? And about 3,000 people coming at night. And here we are. We're not in Africa. We're in Kentucky. I remember one of the nights, you know, we're seeing hundreds of people be baptized. We're seeing demons coming out of people all over the place. And we've been saying this everywhere we go. You know, I've seen more deliverance in the last three months, six months than I've seen in 20 years. God is showing up and demons are coming out of people. People are being set free. In churches, in open fields, on the streets, the power of God is present. And the enemy cannot stay in that place. Amen? And so I remember one night, we, uh, the Lord, we were just praying for healing and and I felt the Lord give me a word of knowledge for, for um, deaf ears. And I just said, hey, anybody here who's got any kind of deafness, would you just come to the front? And I had to repeat myself because most of them didn't hear me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so all these people come down the front. And, uh, and we just prayed a prayer like we would any other time. We just went after it. To God, your word says in 1 Peter 2 that by your stripes we were healed. I take authority right now over every deaf and dumb spirit and I release healing right now in Jesus' mighty name. And instantly, 30 deaf ears opened in Kentucky. This was not in Africa. This wasn't in India or Pakistan. This is in Kentucky. 30 deaf ears I want to tell you, they were much more excited in Kentucky than you all are right now. Come on, Texas. You know what? And it's easy to hear numbers like that. Oh, 30 deaf ears. Yeah, that's awesome. But you know what? This is 30 real people. This is real families, real kids. One dad came up to testify, right? And, he's, and he comes up and he walks up. On, he's just a young dad. And he's like, this is, you know, when my son was five years old, I think he was five. When my son was five years old, they were taking his tonsils out. And when they were giving him surgery, it went horribly wrong. And they severed a nerve in his face that caused him to be deaf. He said, and he just looked up at me and he said, Dad, I can hear. Come on. Another lady came up, and a, young, a young woman, and she had had this violent situation, and a gun had been fired right beside her face, and it had deafened her, right? And instantly, God healed her ear, and she could immediately hear again completely out of this ear. I want to tell you, this is what God is doing in America, not 100 years ago, not in Africa, not in, He's doing it all over the world, of course, but I mean, it's, why do I say that? Because it's easy for us to believe for it to happen somewhere else, some other time. But I want to tell you, America, this is happening right here in America right now. It is a time of revival and harvest. You know, we have seen in America, our ministries in America, we haven't been able to go overseas apart from who we're reaching online. And online, we just passed a thousand decisions for Jesus just this past week, right? We have a, a show on God TV's Facebook page every week right, every Saturday night, and we've, had, we've seen 1,000, not including last night, 1,072 decisions for Jesus online this year. That's real individuals, real people who have responded to an altar call and said, yes, Jesus, I give Jesus my life online, right? But apart from that, we've seen over 3,000 decisions for Jesus this year, right here in America, 
50 people getting saved in, a, in, a ch- in churches. We saw 25 people saved in a town of 500 just last month. God is moving. There is great hope for America. There is great hope for our situation. There is great hope right here in San Antonio right now. And I want to tell you this, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, right? Faith comes through hearing. So guess what? If faith comes through hearing, so does fear. So does hopelessness, right? What are we listening to? What broadcast are we listening to? What voice are we listening to? Yes, the external circumstances can look bleak, but God has another plan. God has another plan. And people are getting saved, people are getting healed, people are getting delivered in greater numbers than we've ever seen in our lifetime. Preaching myself happy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you feel that hope rising in this place? Our God is able to deliver us from the fire, right? That's a, that's a done deal. Our God is able. Not only is He able, He wants to and He will. But each of us also need to make that place, that resolve in our hearts that, you know what, even if he doesn't, and I know he will, even if he doesn't, I refuse to bow down to my circumstance. I refuse to bow down to this situation. I refuse to listen to what the enemy is saying. I refuse to listen to what the media is saying. I will not bow. I want to tell you, friends, there's only two agendas On planet earth, there's only two agendas. There's the kingdom of darkness and there's the kingdom of God. And Jesus said this, either you're for us or against us. Therefore, it's either the agenda of heaven operating through somebody or it's the agenda of the enemy. The thief comes to kill, steal and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life abundant. I'm finishing up with this and we want to pray for everybody. God said this to me. Uh, we've been here since last, since Wednesday, like 10 days ago in Houston, should I say, in Texas, we're in Houston. And when on Thursday night, Thursday week ago, I was in a meeting and I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me. He said, Ben, it's time to take the gloves off. It's time to take the gloves off. What does that mean? It's a boxing term, right? It's a fighting term. Take the boxing gloves off. Boxing gloves are on to kind of soften the blow to cushion the blow a little bit, right? But when guys take the gloves off, and, and the picture that I have in my mind as well is like a, a ho- an ice hockey goalie, right? You know, when they go at it, they're like, they throw their gloves down, right? Now they've just got their raw fists and they're gonna go at it. In other words, it's time to get rid of all the, prop, the proper. We need to get rid of proper out of the church and what we need is powerful, right? It's not a time to be proper. It's not a time to be prissy, right? It's not a time to be nice, and I don't mean be a jerk, that's not what I mean. I just mean it's not time for nice and proper and prissy. It's time to take the gloves off and go to war. I want you to know this, we're not fighting against the world, we're fighting for the world. 
We're here to win the world, right? We're here to defeat the powers of the enemy, right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of this dark age. In other words, satanic agenda right now, right? We're called to go to war against them and we have not been left defenseless. We've been given these powerful weapons, the Word of God, right? Intercession, warfare, praise, Why has the enemy tried so hard to shut our mouths? Because he knows what we often don't. If we open our mouths, we win. Thank you to that one clap over there. That was was a powerful clap. One more thing. Jesus said this. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. He's talking to Peter, remember? He says, on this rock, I will build my church in the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Jesus said that. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. But I wanna tell you something. The gates of hell will prevail against the world if the church does not show up and stand in the gap. If we just stand back, the gates of hell will prevail against the world. And we may think we're fighting against the world, but the hell is literally just trying to destroy the world. And we are called to stand in the gap, to stand right in front, knowing that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church and go to war. He came to set the captives free. He literally bled and died, had nine-inch nails thrust through his wrists and his ankles willingly. Hebrews uh, 12, when it says that um, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What did that joy look like? It looked like the church in this place of victory. It looked like people being set free, saved, healed, delivered. It looked like a little boy being healed of deafness on a field in Kentucky in 2021. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Amen? Wow. Come on, let's just lift up a praise. Let's just stand to our feet. Get up on your feet and just lift up a shout right now. Come on. Hallelujah! Jesus! Jesus. I'm going to do that again. You know, as you heard, Jody is passionate and loud, and of course, so am I. And there was a video, we posted a video of Jody just praying online, and she's shouting and going for it. And, and I remember this, and it's not the first time it's happened. Somebody jumped on there and they said, What is God deaf? Why are you shouting? And normally I don't respond, but I was feeling a little bit cheeky. (laughs) And so all I did is I posted the YouTube link, YouTube link to shout to the Lord, (laughs) right? (laughs) There's power in the shout. Now listen, it's not about volume or anything else, but there's something about the shout. There's something about the engaging of our passion. There's something about the engaging of our faith that comes in the shout. It's hard to kind of not just let everything go and shout to the Lord. You can't kind of hold on half-hearted and think about your circumstances and your situation, right? 
and then still let out a passionate shout of praise to the Lord. I want to tell you, there's power in the shout. That's why Darlene Check wrote the song, Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing power and majesty, praise to the King. So come on, let's lift up a shout of praise right now and let's just shake this city with it. Come on, one, two, three. Hallelujah! We give you praise. 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 Come on, come on, come on. Jesus. We declare a shift in this place today in the name of Jesus. We release that resurrection, life, and power. God, pour out that spirit of revival. Pour out that spirit of revival in this place. God, we declare San Antonio. Come on, don't stop. San Antonio belongs to Jesus. San Antonio belongs to Jesus. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the army of the Lord. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the army of the Lord. Hallelujah! Woo! Ha! Ha! Thank you, Lord. God, I just release your presence in this place right now. Lord, your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. So God, I thank you even for that tangible sense of your glory just rushing into this place right now. I release that oil of your presence. Come and fill every person in this place right now. Fresh oil, God. Fresh oil. Just come. If you want to, just come. You want prayer. You want us to lay hands on you. Just come and fill this altar. I'm going to need a, a mint. Thank you, Lord. I just want to, as you're coming for us to pray for you, I really just want to say we came here specifically tonight. We've been here many times, but on this occasion, we knew that the Lord gave us an assignment to come and decree breakthrough over you. And we felt the compassion of the Lord, and we mentioned that to Chuck when we were talking to him about coming here. And we said a couple of weeks back to him, we said, we know that the Lord is bringing us here to pray over every individual in the room and decree breakthrough of the Lord. Amen. And so as you come, I want your faith to come. And your faith may just look like tears and walking to the front in a mess. Is that okay? But I want you to know that the Lord has sent us here to release breakthrough because he is the God of breakthrough. Amen. And so as you come, just be expectant for what the Lord's going to pour out. I know the sign went up that it's time to get your kids, but we just want to let everybody know you're free to grab your kids and come back in. Bring your kids in. They're not going to distract us. We don't want to be in a hurry. So if you, want, if you need to grab your kids, grab your kids, but you're welcome to come back in and linger and get prayer. Now, I know you're thinking, what the heck's going on here? I just want to play this flute for a minute. I just want to prophesy over you with the flute. It's a, it's a Navajo flute, right? But as you come, you know, what I really feel is, is Psalm 23, right? In Psalm 23, we know it. It's like often crocheted on the back of toilet doors, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
And we know what the picture is. He says, he leads me beside still waters, green pastures. There's this place of peace. There's this place of feasting. It says at the end, it says that he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Right? Hang on. Did you actually catch that there? He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. In that same psalm, you know, we've got green pastures, still waters, And then David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David's not just on vacation at some oasis with the Lord here, right, having a soaking session. He's literally being hunted. He's literally being hunted by Saul to be killed. He's in the valley of the shadow of death. He's got enemies encamped around him, but he says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want green pastures, still waters. He says, you restore my soul. He restores my soul. And then he says this, he says, "Um, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And so we want to release the overflow of the oil of God, the overflow of the oil of his presence in you tonight. We want to speak peace. We want to speak breakthrough. We want to break off every chain. And we want to just release a fresh breath of hope, that Romans 15 hope. May you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I just want to play. Now listen, this is not just something cute. I want to prophesy the presence of God over you with a simple piece of wood, right? So just receive, just, just drink deep as I, as I play, and then we're just going to begin, start to pray for you. I'm going to ask our friends, Ryan and Tina, just to pray with us. And Thank you, Lord. In his presence is fullness of joy, amen? Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we love you. We just release your presence in this place right now. Just pray over every single person. God, come pour out that oil of your presence, that Psalm 23 oil. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. We release that overflow of your presence right now. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Maybe we can just put a little music on. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. God, we just release your presence right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. 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 More love, more love, more love, more love, more love. Kara makasi kira mama mama Thank you, God. Lord, we just release. Show kara makasi fresh fire. Come fill it. Come fill it, God. Fill it, God. Break every chain right now.
Hey, just continue. Just go ahead and just pull on his presence right now. God is here. He's in this place. And Jesus stood up with a loud voice and he shouted out to his people. He said, all you who are thirsty, come and drink. Come and drink. So yes, we want to pray for every single person. But in the meantime, just pull on his presence. Actively engage his presence right now. Say, God, thank you for filling me with fresh oil tonight. I receive all that you're pouring out. I receive all that you have for me right now, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 God, I thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So all heaviness, all heaviness, I break it off right now in Jesus' mighty name. All darkness, I command you to flee. And I decree, let there be light. Let there be light right now. Light shines in the darkness, amen. All darkness, come off right now. All heaviness, off in Jesus' mighty name. God, I take authority over every lying tongue. Every lying tongue, I bind you right now. Every lie, every uh, lying tongue of fear, every spirit of fear, I bind you and I command you to loose God's people right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come off in the name of Jesus. And God, we just release that fresh oil tonight. Fresh oil, God. Fresh oil. Fresh oil over every person. Come on, just pull on His presence. Even just pray in the Holy Ghost right now. The Bible says when we pray in tongues, it edifies us, it builds us up, right? It breaks off stuff. Stuff begins to break. Chains begin to break. With the funk begins to just fall off. And we're filled, we're lifted up, we're edified. Hallelujah, Jesus. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out, pour it out. Fresh fire, Lord, right now in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website at kingdomlifesa.com for more podcasts, updates, and events, or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a blessed day.